Hi, this is Christian Takushi, independent macroeconomist and geopolitical strategist, coming to you with the latest geopolitical update, this time from financial markets and the economy. The United States is waging war against its enemies using the US dollar as a weapon, and it's trying to reindustrialize America at the expense of Europe. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, that's the core of this message. And... Um, I want to start by, by addressing, of course, the, the fight against inflation, uh, the US dollar as a weapon, and uh, yeah, the exodus I see out of Europe. The exodus I've been, we've been pre predicting already since the year 2015 out of the north into the south. Okay, um, and finally, why I also think that this strong dollar policy could backfire against the United States. Um, I think uh, we can start saying by saying that the, the investors are still in a state of denial. Uh, investors and financial markets are refusing to price in the geopolitical tensions. The, the world is de facto at war. Uh, the West and the East are clashing. And, um, and investors are also refusing to price in the deterioration in the economy and earnings as well. So. I would say that if markets would price in what is already visible out there, uh, they would have to correct some 20%. The risk cost, especially equities, would have to correct 20%. And if we stay on the track we are in, if there are no changes in monetary or fiscal policy, then I think that another 20% could be rewarded. So overall, we're looking at potentially 20 to 40% uh, price correction in equities. And, and this is quite substantial. Um, I expect, as I've been saying since December last year, the Fed to be tough and to be tight um, against Wall Street in order to cater to U.S. voters and, and so help the current administration of President Biden at the coming midterm elections in November. Uh, so the Fed is actually hurting and crushing investors in Wall Street which on, you know, but it's basically crushing the rich people in America because it's basically the 10% richest people in America that own most of the stocks and the shares. So normal people in the US don't have that much. So what the Fed is doing is to show to people, voters in America, they have been very angry and furious at the inflation, that the government cares about them. The government is fighting inflation very, very seriously. Um, and it's uh, hurting big investors, hurting Wall Street. Well, this sounds to me like Robin Hood almost, right? And it works. It absolutely works. You see that since the Fed started its fight against inflation and crushing investors in Wall Street, that the ratings of President Biden and the polls for the Democratic candidates in November are looking much better. So uh, six months ago, we were looking at a disaster for the Democrats in November. Now we're looking at um, quite a, quite a, you know, um, quite a, quite an interesting field that it looks much more even and balanced than than the disaster we were looking at um, earlier this year. <clears throat> now, another point I want to mention is the markets. Uh, markets are actually now saying that um, the Fed misjudged inflation last year, that the Fed made a mistake, the Fed didn't see inflation coming, 
and therefore is acting late on inflation now. Uh, I think this is wrong. I personally believe that the Fed did it on purpose. The Fed knew inflation was coming strongly. It knew, it saw it. I mean, everybody could see with his uh, bare eyes 2021 how inflation was accelerating. But the Fed didn't do anything on purpose. And actually, it even misled, you could say, I don't think it's evil. Uh, I don't mean it in an evil way. The Fed told markets, don't worry, this inflation is going to be temporary, right? Well, the Fed had to say that. I think it had no other choice. Um, some people may say the Fed was misleading people or lying to people. I don't see it that way. I think the Fed had to do it in order to to go a, to be ahead of the markets in 2022. And I believe that the Fed wanted to be late on fighting inflation so that it could launch a massive onslaught again in, against inflation in 2022 by having to produce one of the steepest and fastest uh, rate rate hike cycles in U.S. economic history. And why doing that? Well, I would guess, I guess, in order to choke the demand and to hurt investors, because a few things hadn't gone, had already gone out of control in the U.S., you know. Um, so I believe that the Fed knew very well uh, back in 2021 that they had produced too much, uh, they had printed too much money. Uh, the government had spent too much money. And therefore, the, the, the government had been responsible for inflating the stock market, inflating the price of bonds and inflating the price of houses that had to be some, somehow stabilized or, mu or neutralized a little bit. So something had to happen like we're seeing now in 2022. And this is important to understand, because if you know that the Fed did this on purpose, then you would have probably a little bit more confidence in the Fed handling this too. And you would also assume that the Fed may have had other, you know, uh, goals in mind when it was doing this, not just domestic politics and, um, and, and actually putting a little bit of a distance between the market and the Fed. And, and you would be right with that because the Fed was also um, uh, going after a geopolitical goal. Because by waiting to fight inflation this year, the Fed could actually use the strong dollar policy and the, the very fast increasing interest rates as a weapon against the U.S. enemies. So the United States is actually using its currency currently as a weapon against its enemies. But I have to say it's also actually hurting its allies as much as hurt as it's hurting its enemies. In a way, the United States is actually reasserting its superpower status on everyone. So everyone is being crushed or hurt by the strong U.S. dollar. And of course, it's hurting so badly because of very high energy prices. Well, and as we know, the United States is co-responsible for the sanctions um, that have uh, actually uh, raised the prices of energy. So this is a very interesting situation. Many people may say it's just coincidence. I don't think it's coincidence. I think the United States is trying to reassert its superpower status, letting everyone feel it, enemies and friends. We are the superpower. Don't mess up with us. Don't mess up with the petrodollar. Don't mess up with our global order. And at the same time, 
because the U.S. is responsible for both the energy sanctions and also its own currency policy, which is a strong dollar policy, and the, and the very fast increasing its interest rates, the U.S., the United States, Washington, I should say, is trying to reindustrialize America at the expense of Europe. Because if there is one casualty in all this, the biggest casualty of these concerted U.S. policies is not China, it's not even Russia. It is Western Europe. Western Europe was already quite vulnerable as we went into this uh, situation in February this year. And Western Europe is getting decimated. And if and it's possible, it could also get devastated. And with very high energy prices in Europe, um, European manufacturers will have to move elsewhere. Where do you think they will go? To the United States. Of course, and of course other realms, but definitely to, to, to the U.S. And so the United States is actually turning out to be by far the biggest beneficiary of this combined geopolitical, economic, and monetary crisis. And yeah, it's a combined geopolitical, military, and economic monetary crisis. The, the United States is benefiting by exporting a huge amount of weapons now to all of its NATO allies, uh, rearming Europe. The United States is also making a lot of money by selling LNG and selling energy to Europe and uh, benefiting from the sanctions that it has also, you know, uh, uh, issued against Russia. And it is also benefiting from the exodus of capital, uh, you know, and investments from Europe to the United States. Many manufacturers will have to abandon Europe because of the high electricity and energy prices and go to a, a, a place or an economy where energy prices are much lower. Guess what is the alternative? The US will be. Mark my words, the United States will be the new uh, home for many of um, Germany's and Western European manufacturers and chemical companies. This will be, of course, a bonanza for the US because it's been the desire of the US to reindustrialize America. So, but this is happening, of course, at the expense of Europe. Europe is being devastated in order to reindustrialize America. Now, this is not evil. I don't think it is evil intention. I think the United States or Washington, to better to put it more properly, Washington is simply taking advantage of this global situation. It's taking advantage of, of these tensions with Russia, taking advantage of the war in Ukraine, taking advantage of Europe being uh, so indebted and also um, with such low interest rates. Europe has been too slow in raised interest rates. So all of this is now coming to revisit uh, Europe with a vengeance, right? So you could actually say, well, you're probably right, is America not sparing Europe and taking advantage of the situation to to reassert its power around the world? Why not? America did it during World War One. America did it during World War Two. So it is doing it now again. And interestingly, Europe is again the you know the one big loser. Uh, so that America can rise again. I wonder if America can reassert its superpower status for many decades, but at least for some time, uh, because until very recently, many people were in agreement that America was in decline. The dollar was 
uh, you're facing an impending collapse. This is what many experts were saying. Well, I don't, I didn't quite agree with that, as you know. I saw the problems in America, but I've always was very cautious telling people, big, big, big cautious guy would tell him, tell him forecast that America, the U.S. dollar is facing impending collapse. Um, the U.S. Army, the U.S. Armed Forces are way too important um, to for the U.S. dollar to just disappear. Um, who provides the security for the maritime sea lanes for for the trading routes? America does it to some extent with the help of Britain, but it's America that provides the security for our global trade, and therefore it is fair that the U.S. dollar is used as an important currency for trading, but also as a reserve currency. Um, the only problem for America is that America is waging war against the rest of the world, hurting definitely its enemies, but also its friends, and um, it's really bringing devastation to many poor economies, developing countries, but also rising emerging markets. And this is where I think that the Biden administration is taking this too far because the U.S. is surely reasserting its superpower position now. It's destroying, to some extent, Europe. It's destroying Japan. It's hurting really very badly the U.K. So America is not even sparing its best allies to reassert its power and to, to reduce its inflation, uh, all of that for domestic politics. And I have to say, quite a few of America's allies, and especially of emerging economies like Mexico, Brazil, Pakistan, India, South Africa, etc., they are very furious, very upset with this strong dollar policy in combination with high energy prices high energy prices that the U.S. and Europe have orchestrated, and as, of course, as, as punishment to Russia. But uh, I think emerging economies in poor countries in the world, in Africa and South America, had some understanding for the U.S. and Europe's sanctions against Russian energy. But now that America is using this time also to stage the, the steepest increase in interest rates in its history to create a super strong dollar, um, this is like a double whammy, like a perfect storm for many developing nations and emerging countries. And now they really are furious. They're really, really committed to leave the dollar, to diversify away from the dollar and the euro as soon as they can. Of course, now they're licking their wounds. They're very weak now. They're in a state of crisis, trying to cope with the strong dollar and the high energy prices. But as soon as things will stabilize, you should see these nations diversifying away from, from the dollar. And I think the most possible, most likely candidate as competitor to the U.S. dollar will be a commodity-based currency um, or nations that do trade and produce a lot of commodities for those nations to use their commodities to back up a currency basket or something similar. I believe that gold is the um, is the perfect um, the cornerstone for such a, a for such an effort, and I'm not surprised that countries that um, produce a lot of gold, like Russia and China, are the first ones in lead those efforts. But let's be let's be clear: it's not just China and Russia. Uh, Brazil, South Africa, and India want to join the effort. They want to reduce their exposure to U.S. dollars. 
and uh, and a number of other nations would like to join that too. I've counted already 29 nations. We're talking about more than half of humanity that is somehow fed up or tired of the US dollar and the euro. And the other reason why these countries want to get away from our currencies is because we are printing too much money in over the past 30 years. So these countries are actually paying the price for our expensive lifestyle, we could say. Every time America is in trouble, America prints a lot of money and it exports the trouble to everybody else. Uh, like now, people all around the world are paying the price and suffering for America's fight against inflation. And this is, ladies and gentlemen, a situation that I believe uh, is looking very good for the United States now. But as we move into 2023, it's going to backfire um, against America. But for the time being, for the time being, I think it is a genius um, it's a genius uh, work by Washington and the Fed. Um, I have to say, it is impressive. Um, some people don't like America and Europe, but I think we have to be also um, neutral, try to be able to be neutral and objective. And we have to say, at least as an economist, I have to say, it is impressive. Um, this concerted... Um, uh, U.S. foreign policy, monetary policy uh, in the year 2022 is impressive. And it's quite a genius, um, the idea to, to have a convergence of foreign policy and monetary policy. And, and to use also the war in Ukraine with a late response to inflation um, is it's, it's impressive. The, the, the United States is using its currency and its monetary policy and foreign policy as a massive weapon, a geopolitical and economic weapon to contain its biggest enemies and adversaries out there. At the same time, it's crushing and devastating its own allies, yes. Um, we could actually say the, uh, the US allies are a simple collateral damage, but it is worthwhile mention that the Europe is the one probably at the center of the devastation. So Europe is probably the one that will suffer the most. And um, followed by, by developing nations, of course, they borrow too much money and don't have uh, balanced fiscal spending. The emerging countries, I would say two-thirds of their growing emerging countries, they're going to handle this much better because A, they didn't print a lot of money in recent years. They were disciplined. And B, they also didn't overspend. Their fiscal spending has been quite disciplined. Uh, so even countries like Brazil and Colombia have a much better fiscal and monetary discipline than the EU and the United States. A lot of people don't know that. Even bankers don't know that. Uh, it's, in, it's incredible, but that's, that's the truth. So these emerging economies like Brazil, Colombia, um, even India, are likely uh, Indonesia, Malaysia, the Philippines, eventually Peru as well, if it can overcome its political crisis, and Chile are going to overcome this double shock of high energy prices and a strong US dollar. And we could actually even say triple shock with rising interest rates. These economies I just mentioned are probably going to overcome and overcome this triple shock quite a lot better than Europe is going to do. So here, a concern for Europe, 
And I say a concern because I don't think the European political leaders or thought leaders really see what's coming. I don't think that they understand. People in Europe understand what they walked into. I have the impression that for the third time in for the third time in 110 years, Europe is unaware of the devastation that uh, probably lies ahead of it. So this is something that I've been uh, trying to convey. I hope that this um, this podcast has been useful to you. Uh, thank you very much for your kind attention. This was Christian Takushi, your independent geopolitical strategist and macroeconomist.